Modern folk, they make good friends. I'm just starting to figure it out. Don't lose yourself to loneliness because modern folk are all around. Jack, I'm super excited to have you on uh, for many reasons. Uh, your love of nature, music, science. I feel like we can have great conversations. I'm excited to be on the podcast, Ty. Every time I see you, I'm like, we got to sit down and talk for longer than we have in this moment. So this right? is super nice to be able to sit down and have a focused conversation like this. And we're in the backyard today in the wide open out in nature. We just had a nice hammock sesh. Yes, we did. Ty, you've got two hammocks linked together. like Butt to butt. Butt to butt. <laughs> I was thinking of a way to describe cheek, cheek, that. Cheek, yeah. butt, butt. Absolutely. And Come I've on, ne- I said, what, what? <laughs> I love that song. Isn't that funny? Isn't that a Who funny song? Who wrote that originally? I can't remember the, the band name, but they're like a local band. And I've only ever heard Darren Keene, who's like an electronic artist in town, is the only person I've ever heard that's heard of the band because they were like a local band. Um, but they, they had this song that apparently they played like at like a kid's party that that will Harmon was at and he was just like this is hilariously out of place right now <laughs> and it was the same lyrics cheek to cheek butt to butt. yeah cheek to cheek butt to butt and um it just stuck with him so we made a funk cover out of it beautiful funk cover thank you ty i always love a ferocious jungle cat that's always a good time oh thanks ty yeah I, it's it, it was fun surreal because i was a fan for long before i was in the band which was great. That was it. Felt like a true dream come true type of scenario for me. I love it. Yeah. I uh, had a environmental economics with Cal. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. In college. I didn't know that. Yeah. I uh, yeah. It was a uh, kind of easy class, and we just kind of sloughed it off. But we both had it together on East Campus. Wait, did you say environmental science? Yeah. Nice. Uh, environmental science, like uh, economics. Economics. Okay. So. Um, yeah, so it's actually like renewable energy, yeah, the economics of, of that. Nice. Uh, honestly, I don't really re- remember much. <laughs> I had to write a paper for it, Yeah. and uh, I got it like published, or it's like a, whatever, it's in some some place oh. online, and I get, whenever it's uh, referenced, or like somebody like uses it, cites it, uh, I get an email. Dude, that's super exciting. And I'm like, oh, man, y'all shouldn't quote that. <laughs> I didn't know what I was talking about. I did that at 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's super funny. Uh, it was like an op-ed. Okay. That's really cool, though. Congratulations, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, what, what was your major again? I feel like... Uh, mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. That's super cool. Yep. So it was mechanical engineering, um, and I was interested in energy science. Nice. So um, I traveled to Iceland and studied... Uh, energy science so like renewable energy and that was amazing whoa one of my most favorite trips tell me about it yeah uh and you just got back from uh ireland i yeah ireland one letter difference but a crazily different place oh yeah both very beautiful i imagine yeah yeah iceland was spectacular i was there studying but we also like toured a lot of like different facilities Mm -hmm. and we like went hiking a lot so We would like go hike and like find this just massive waterfall and there's like no sidewalks or rails or like <laughs> anything around and it's just like wow if this was in america this would be like there'd be like trash everywhere and like people taking pictures and it's just like this is pristine <laughs> wow. out in the middle like there was one day where oh, we just hiked like out in this pasture mm-hmm. and then there was hot springs 
Oh. And we would like go sit in the hot springs, and like some of them were actually too hot that they would like burn you. Oh my gosh! And you didn't like know, so you do that like buy the ticket, take the ride. <laughs> yeah. There was one where I was like, I didn't put my whole body in, but I like touched my toe, and it like burnt. Oh my gosh! And I was like, oh, choose your own adventure. Oh, uh, we stayed at hostels everywhere, and there was one that was like a camping hostel or something, mm-hmm. and their water came from one of those. Dude. Uh, yeah like hot springs and it was 80 degrees celsius that which is, is hot whoa so they're like yeah just make sure you mix your like when you take a shower don't just turn the hot water on you will burn yourself that is so amazing right heated by the core of the earth yeah so that's geothermal power which uh iceland is like so they're 97 percent renewable mm-hmm. um which they're like lucky because they're like on a fault line so geothermal they drill a hole in the mm-hmm. ground throw water down there and then steam comes up and then they power their turbines oh Reykjavik is uh has like this really big power plant it's like i don't know two kilometers outside of the city and it's that geothermal so that's where they get their electricity and then it's also where they get their hot water mm-hmm. so they pump that hot water out they get it go through the turbine and then they pump it to Reykjavik, like in yeah and this is cool under the streets they have pipes and they run the hot water under it so they don't have ice oh. in the winter time <laughs> magic that is, that is so, so sweet cool. oh my gosh i want to go back yeah tell me more about ireland oh man ireland was 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 amazing um just luscious greenery everywhere just like a really cool mix of of beautiful ecology and geography there were like these cliffs um all along the coast um and you went cycling i went yes i went cycling so the best way to experience that it was the best way to experience that and so my parents led this bike tour um where they like we stopped at these small towns in in ireland and uh we we biked every day we visited like four um towns and dublin and um yeah it was just like 40 to 50 miles every day um, on a bike. Some of us were riding hybrids. I was riding an e-bike, which made the experience way more enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, but it's just like luscious, uh, you know, fields of green. Um, there's there's a song that uh, an Irish song called Forty Shades of Green," and it's just exhibited. I've uh, I've heard of the book before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the not the same book, Ty. Not okay. the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that sounds beautiful. And what a great, great way to experience that, like, outside on a bike. It was gorgeous. It's the perfect speed because if you're in a car, you're flying by. There's no yeah. interactions. Um, but but on a bike, your your brain is, like, activated. You know, you're just, like, you're on one. You're on a roll. Um, and you're just soaking everything in at the perfect pace. You're getting a good workout. Um, and it was just amazing. You know, it's it's cool when the, the native language is, is English. Um and so everyone there speak you know it's just like you can yeah. communicate with everyone everyone's really friendly yep. everyone's down for a joke everyone's down for a, a pint of guinness at any moment um the music was extraordinary oh yeah it was so cool you know they have like two ba- they have two main types of music one is like the reels which are like you know it's like these really intricate um melodically complex um it's kind of like the real book of jazz, of of Ireland. Like okay. real book is like jazz, where any group of jazz musicians they all know they can all shout out these tunes. Like oh, let's play Autumn Leaves, and they all know the melody. They all know the chord changes. In Ireland, it's like that, but they have all these reels 
um, that everyone knows. And there's usually like um, four or five people in a band, uh, you know, the f- fiddle, banjo, Irish whistle. Um, Irish whistle. Yes. How do you play one of those? It's it's like um it's like a it's like a tiny little flute. Oh, that's nice. that's in like one key, basically. That's sweet. Like they're most of them are in D or G or something. That's cool. It's super cool. Um, but then there's those songs, and then there's my favorite personally were the like folk Irish folk songs. Like jigs. Um, or just uh... jigs were like the first one. Jigs okay, are kind of okay. like reels. Um, and there might be some people listening that are wincing right now, like, "Oh, Jack, you don't know anything about Irish music." <laughs> but the folk- hey, well, good for you. Uh, they're probably not listening to our <laughs> podcast. So. Uh, but uh, the the folk tunes were like had like real. I mean, uh, had like um, lyrics and and were like oh, very cool. haunting and gorgeous. Like it was just so so special. A couple of them made me cry. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and it was just uh, super super awesome. Just the whole experience was great. Um. Yeah, that's wonderful. It was really and cool. yeah, really cool that you got to see like the more rural side of. So you're in like the smaller towns. Yeah, we spent three days in Dublin. Um, okay. Which was cool, and um, but then we then we would make home base out of like little towns. So we went to Ennis, we went to Lahinch, and we went to Doolin. Um, and these are like these small towns. Um, and th- it just felt like, especially uh, Ennis felt like it was like a movie set hmm. it, it felt like it was just like too perfect to be true and i figured out that it's because there's big portions of the town where there's no cars Ooh, that's interesting i know because it, it just felt like this like supreme like almost like uh just like it, it almost felt fake how perfect it was and quiet and peaceful and yeah. safe um but it's because they they they're the whole the whole town is like blocked off to cars there's these big open sidewalks no cars allowed just beautiful yeah that's great i wish we uh like walked and cycled more in america we're kind of like uh yeah fixed to a car yeah we're so spread out yeah yeah i've been so i've been cycling to work which has been kind of new for me and i love it it's the two miles and it takes me like 10 minutes to get to work and so i yeah and then by the end of the day i have eight miles because i go there and then back for lunch and then back Oh, nice. Yeah. And you, there's nothing like showing up and everyone, you know, people who've dro- dr- uh, driven have like, are like tired. Oh, the lazy folks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I show up just soaking wet with sweat. But you're wide awake. Wide awake and just cheery. Yeah. I love it. Happy as hell. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. That's the best. Uh, yes. So I work at Hexagon, mm-hmm. which makes uh, carbon fiber pressure tanks. And so I've been learning about carbon fiber, which is, like, new material for me. So um, I've always been fascinated with, like, material science. What is carbon fiber, Ty? So carbon fiber is we are we're taking carbon, mm-hmm. and I don't fully know the process of making it, but basically you heat it really freaking hot mm-hmm. without oxygen, and then the carbon molecules Mm -hmm. make these connections which are covalent bonds and so you have a chain of covalent bonds which is like the strongest bond Mm -hmm. and they're all linked together so one strand of carbon fiber is a whole string of everyone linked together so in tension it's incredibly strong whoa so it's like one mono like lithic crystalline structure that's awesome and so that's why it's super strong um but it's like expensive 
for a few reasons. One, it's like a lot of labor because you it's not just like a sheet. You have to make a sheet or like you have to like in our case, we wind these pressure tanks. Mm -hmm. So we like a robot just takes these like rovings, which is like just a ribbon of carbon fiber and wraps it around uh, with resin. Okay. So really we're making like plastic reinforced with carbon fiber. Interesting. And it's really freaking like, yeah, strong and light, way lighter than metal. You couldn't do uh, like make tanks. Like we make tanks for like aerospace or like transportation Mm -hmm. and an equivalent tank of metal steel would be too heavy like it couldn't fly or right. be like yeah it just yeah one of the cool things about a composite is you get to design how it's strong mm-hmm. in what directions oh so uh, like shit. a sheet of metal is strong in all directions uh like a cross section of carbon fiber is very strong in only the direction that it's like woven basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's actually really you could like cut it very easily or you could like Whoa. like any side motion is it'll like break super easily. Interesting. But in tension it's incredibly strong. Wow. And so there's uh cool applications you can do with it. It's very stiff. So uh we were talking a little bit earlier but like uh it's used in like big drive shafts because uh it cuts out like the natural resonance. Mm-hmm. So it's like super stiff, so it's like a really high frequency vibration so it's not um uh, if it was like metal it could resonate and then like destroy itself basically whoa dude that's amazing yeah it's it's fascinating i'm learning a lot yeah so how is this you know carbon is this amazing molecule that can you know it's like the building block of life um so there's carbon fiber and then there's graphene too is graphene just like a single layer of carbon fiber or Uh, yeah it's in a different uh elemental state okay like a diamond is carbon yeah right that's another example and uh i don't really know if there's like comparisons with diamonds and uh carbon fiber but there could be like that there could be something there yeah that structure uh your background is in physics yes tell me a little bit about like what interests you in physics and like just like what you went to college for and all that good stuff yeah, I just am really uh, interested and attracted by like, um, like the universe, you know. Um, Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> yeah, absolutely, love the universe. You know, it's so beautiful. It's like worth spending a, a lifetime thinking about and, and researching. And there's so many various aspects. But one of the things that really attracted me about um, math uh, first and and then physics was like, these are these are things that have been proven time and time again. And there's like very little ego involved it's just like we're all trying to get to the bottom of this um and i i started out in mechanical engineering actually and um but my my physics classes and my math classes were always my favorite and then i would i was kind of trudging through the mechanical engineering classes and i i ended up thinking you know this is if only i could major in my favorite classes and then people were like you can't you know people are math majors and physics majors and so i just i dove dove in head first and um i've loved it ever since uh I started doing research as an undergraduate and um, got some research experience. What was your research in? Um, we, we studied uh, chromium oxide um, with a MOC system, um, which is, stands for magneto-optic Kerr effect, which is like you shine a laser at, in our case, chromium oxide, 
and um, you you polarize the laser before it hits chromium oxide. So polarized light is basically like all the light is vibrating, so to speak, in the same direction. Um, so it's got like a it's it's shining in a direction, of course, because it's a laser beam. But then within that laser beam, all of the light molecules are like you know vibrating up and down um, in the same direction. And so once it hits the chromium oxide it reflects off and then you measure the polarization after it hits the chromium oxide. Um, and we would, the magneto-optic Kerr effect basically, there's a bunch of things you can do. You can heat up the chromium oxide, you can stress it out, you can like pull it or shrink it or something. Um, but we would apply it with a huge magnetic field and the um, electrons on the surface of chromium oxide would behave all sorts of wonky ways. Um, in chromium oxide's case, they would actually align themselves opposite of the um, magnetic field and then that those electrons on the surface influence the polarization of the light and then we study the light and and um, we kind of come to conclusions about the material um, very fascinating Jack this is why I love you like, oh. <laughs> like you're a well-known musician around Lincoln and you're just a you know beautiful soul and like oh, thanks, yeah man. make beautiful music and then like we never really talk about physics, and then you just pull that out, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, like, Ty. Damn, that's you're a complex man. Oh, thank. I appreciate that. Well, Multifaceted. Oh, I appreciate that a lot. And yeah, music is my love, and and I love it so much. But th I also love very much like the science side of things. And um, my f one of my favorite parts is the the people that both worlds introduce me to. You know. Yeah. Um, totally. Because they're they're very very different. And uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, they remind me so much uh, of, of each other because music, there's also this like these set of um, guidelines. Uh, I don't constrained by the universe, constrained by the universe. Right. I mean, and, and I don't want to call them rules, but like we all I mean, we all uh, everyone you'd run into in Nebraska um, is using like the the 12 tone scale, you know, uh -huh. and um you know the harmonies and and all these things are based on like frequencies that line up that are pleasing like an octave is like twice yep. the resonance of the uh, the higher note is twice the uh, frequency of the lower note and so these things are like based in science it's like there's a reason this sounds good um and and we've we've like established these rules someone a long time ago was like all right here's here's this like nice way to uh, discretize the audio spectrum and we've just been following this sense and like we we have these guidelines we have these this like playbook of chords of of melodies that sound nice culturally and physically and it reminds me a lot of science because it's like you know oh, absolutely i love hearing that you know that's cool like yeah um yeah i get that so much i studied like uh mechanical vibrations i had a course on that mm -hmm. which is like Everything that you're saying, like the overtone series, is within any, uh, everything's like resonates. So, like, if you have a bowl or something, mm hmm. So, within there, there's the, but then there's a, like, up higher overtones. Mm -hmm. And, um, basically, in our mechanical vibrations course, we learned the overtone series and how to dampen them because Whoa. we would, like, create systems and, uh, Natural frequency is only limited by mass and stiffness. So Whoa. mass and stiffness of anything changes the frequency at which it resonates. So if you have, and I mean, yeah. So like Whoa. a guitar string, 
um, you know, it resonates. The fundamental is the main length of it. Mm-hmm. And then physically halfway is another octave. Mm-hmm. And then a third of the distance is a fifth. Mm-hmm. And so like the natural overtone series is octave, uh, fifth, octave, octave, third. Whoa. Right? Which if you think about it, like a major chord is one, three, five. Yeah. And I think it's pleasing to us because that's what things naturally resonate. And then a minor chord, so that minor third is in the overtone series, it's just way further. And so I think it's kind of like sad, and we also kind of associate that just culturally, but it's sad because it's not like how something naturally resonates. Whoa. I don't know. But, yeah, going back to the, you know, science and music and math and physics, it's all the same, and I love it. And I love making music because it's like we are taking our human elements and like using the universe to emote. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Just have fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're like, uh, I I heard a phrase one time that made a lot of sense to me. It's like art is, uh, visual art is like how we decorate space and music is how we decorate time. Exactly. Because there's there's no music if time is frozen. Um, and the thing I love about music in, in its separation from science is like, uh, although there's these guidelines and there's this physical phenomena that sound good, um, uh, there's really no rules. Right. You can do whatever you want, and no one even in the world has to love it. Like, you can just do it for you, yep. or you can do it because it sounds bad and that feels good, um, and there's no rules. There's no one that says, that's wrong, you've you failed it's it's one plus one is not three it's you know we're not accepting this um it's it's beautiful for its own sake just like emoting um for its own sake or experimenting with sound is just it's it's for its own sake is so magical and worth it absolutely whereas in science you know you you might not get published if you're if you're saying one plus one is three right you know right yeah i Music, like, I spend a lot of time making music and, like, listening to music, and I never think that it's a waste of time or, like, you know, it's always good. Um, But it's interesting how, like, my colleagues might not think that it's a good uh, use of time. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Or, like, somebody who just kind of plays guitar all day could, like, be associated as, like, lazy or, like, do something real. I don't know. I, when I come home, the first thing I do is go play a guitar. <laughs> it's like, oh, there it is in the corner. I want to yeah. go hear it. Jack, do you have a favorite timbre? Timbre? Yeah. Like, specifically, like, an instrument or, uh, yeah. Yes. What soundscape do you like? Right now, my favorite timbre is my, I have this mini piano at my house that I've put felt, or, like, it's like a cotton. Sh- Ooh. Uh, sh- yeah. Yeah. In between the hammer and the strings. So it's like a, uh, uh, what is that called? Um, Prepared piano? Yeah, I I've, I call it like f- a felted piano or something. Okay. Um, but I, I don't, yeah, prepared piano, I don't know what it's called exactly, but like it just has this magical, like, it's just so enticing. Like all of the high frequencies have been damped out and it's just like this like soft, warm, it just like cradles you. Like, oh, that's great. It's so nice. Uh, I'm getting a piano tomorrow. Nice. I'm picking up a used piano. Oh, my gosh. Do you need help moving it? Uh, I do, actually. Okay, when? Are you free? When? Five, like six. 
tomorrow night? Um, yeah, maybe. We'll, oh, man. We'll talk. Let's talk. That would be really freaking awesome. I feel like it's my duty as a piano player. And public announcement, if anyone is moving a piano, I would love to help you. <laughs> because I love helping uh, push uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about So tomorrow, uh, so one of my colleagues mm-hmm. has a really nice, uh, like, I think it's a baby grand, like, upright piano. Whoa. And uh, it's kind of old, um, and he, he's getting rid of it. Whoa. And so he was asking around, and um, there's another colleague of mine who wanted it for their, like, to teach their, uh, like, uh, son and daughter, like, when they're of that age. And they already have a piano, but it's not, like, like as high of quality or it's, like, a little bit different. And so we worked out a deal. Like, I don't really care. Like, I want something that's good, uh-huh. uh, that sounds good. But, like, the style of piano that he has is a little more, like, haunting and, like, yeah, just a little more folky. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh. So I'm going to take his piano. Uh-huh. And uh, the other colleague is going to take the other colleague's piano. Oh, interesting. So we're moving two pianos tomorrow. I've done that before. <laughs> so All right. we're swapping. All right. Well, we we need a crew. Yes. Two, yep. two people will make it five times harder. Oh, yeah. No, we got to have, like, four people if possible. Four would be I've great. I've got me, uh, the other colleague. The other colleague might not want to help, and I don't really want to, like, uh, ask them to help. Yeah. And then I have some other guys in mind. But, yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah, yeah. We'd make a you know, party out of it. Nice. It'd be fun. <laughs> Very cool. Um, but yeah. So you play piano? Piano. Um, what other instruments do you like? Um, I, I love the uke. Uh, I, that's my... Sp- Ooh, that's a good timbre. That's a very happy, cheerful. It is a very happy, cheerful timbre. And it's it sounds like it plays... like I, I remember thinking stringed instruments, um, uh, fretted you know, stringed instruments piano has strings of course but we're i I remember thinking there was this huge barrier like i'm never gonna know how to play guitar i'm never gonna learn how to play anything and i picked up the uke and like i put you put one string down and it's like oh yeah you see that's a c major there it is and then you move it around oh c major seven you know it's like so so inviting and i feel like that's the way it sounds it's like oh it's just so nice and friendly um and i've also been playing a, a lot of bass recently Ooh, which is which is another instrument that very cool it's so fun they're all the notes. Do you play bass in, for like a band or? No, just no. Just for fun. Just for fun. Um, I love the bass. It's so fun. Uh, I played bass in a sort of like a cover band yeah. in Omaha, uh, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. Isn't it? It's it's like a totally different mentality. When I play keys, I feel like I'm like a mad scientist. Like, what mm-hmm. all can I do? How can I explore? How can I play around? And then when I'm bass, I'm like the foundation of the I was house. Can I say the foundation? I was like, you're the foundation. You are. You're the groove, man. You're holding. You're the glue. You're the glue. <laughs> yep. Both. It's cl- a very like important job, and like it's yeah, just keeping it simple and steady is yeah, key, impressive, it's, beautiful. It's so important, and it's like a different philosophy. Uh-huh. Like I feel like when I'm playing piano, I'm my thoughts are racing. I'm like. And, and it rewards me for that. It's like, oh, you thought of a cool idea and you sprinkled it in. That's awesome. When I'm playing bass, I'm like, how little thoughts can I have per minute? <laughs> like, the less <laughs> thoughts, the better. It's very meditative in that way. Um, do you find that when you learn a new instrument, you make different connections, like musical theory or like uh, an appreciation, and then you apply it to a different instrument? Totally. I really discovered that when I... So I... Uh, 
I've always like messed around with piano, but mm-hmm. I coming to college, we had a house where we like got a piano. That would be my instrument when I would come home, and I would spend like an hour on it basically every day. Aww. And like I loved it and just like learning. But that was really cool just to learn. That was my first like taste of music theory mm. and having it just like all lined up. And then I was like, oh, this all can be applied to guitar too. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's all the same. It all comes full music. circle. And, and I've, yeah, I found many different lessons in every, every instrument I play. Um, the uke was like, especially as a songwriter, the ukulele was like, it just forces me to focus on the melody and the emotion of the scenario. Sometimes as a piano, I kind of take that mad scientist approach to songwriting, and it's, it's more of like a, how can I make this interesting and complex? But with the uke, it's all stripped away, and it's just like, dude, what are you trying to communicate? Um, how do you write a song? That's, that's a good question, and, and there's no, there's no one, one answer. Um, but, um, like, it, it depends on what I'm feeling. Um, there are times when I, I'm feeling something so strongly that I sit down and I try to marry my feeling with what I'm playing on the instrument and with what I'm singing. Um, and then there are other times that it's the reverse, that I'll, I'll be playing and then I'll come up with an idea musically that evokes a feeling. And then I will search my own feelings for something that marries to that. Um, and then, and then lyrics, lyrics come out and sometimes a melody just by virtue of being a melody inspires words and that leads the way it's like oh i'm singing about a campfire you know let's think about this now um and and so there's there's no like playbook um but just i think being like open and uh um forgiving to yourself and uh productive those are my main my main um like piece of advice for myself that i've learned um just like Sometimes I get uh, caught up in like, oh, whatever I write first, whatever I put on this page first has to be so profound that I, I am that's going to be the lyric that is in the song forever. But like there are some of my favorite songs I've, I've written like 20 verses for and then verses 16 through 20 are the ones that make it into the song. Um, and so you have to just be forgiving and productive. Just put the pen on the paper Um I even did a song a day exercise with some friends. Oh, that's great. It was so nice. I tried that once. Yeah? How far did you get? Uh, I I didn't do great, <laughs> but but I I did I did like I would write big like a motif or like mm-hmm. just a piece of lyric and my rule was it just has to be lyrics to uh, a song. And then I would record it. Nice. And um usually they were just like super short, but it was like it it was a good way and then it was like something that I looked forward to doing and it's a great exercise exercise you know yeah it gets the brain it's like a muscle you know mm-hmm. you, if you if you never work out a muscle um then the, as soon as you try to stretch you're gonna be like oh my god i'm, I'm sore it's, i don't but if you if you have already been practicing then when when like some of my favorite two like i wrote uh, i got to like two weeks in before i like kind of fell off and Very there was cool. one song that derailed me because i would it was it was and it's called balloon artist it's still one of my favorite songs but it came out of this like irreverent like i'm just gonna you know crap something out and I, because i have to um and it's favorite songs i've ever written that's great so. very cool and sometimes i know people like this and singing nervous about it just like take make like do something stupid like stupid and just go for it because people i think if you might actually like seal yourself up a little bit you know uh, that's like the magic. I feel like there's comedy in 
like all music like yeah great music is like silly or fun even like rock it's like okay we want to make rock we want to hit and like you know big but it's i think like like yeah it's a joke band but they make just amazing music yeah uh yeah so they're not like a joke band but like you know like there's comedy in their music mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah it's the it's like yeah once you once you stop and i work on this all the time because uh, i it's once it's it kind of like opens you up to take them seriously whether it's coming from other people or yourself the sky coming and i think it's i think it's a coincidence um that's not really a coincidence that aha is aha <laughs> i think ah. it's like we're it's the same type of laugh oh technical difficulties can you hear that is yeah, that yeah, weird yeah. like that Oh yeah. Hello. Hey. Is it? Does it like look like it's recording on the screen or? It's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I was saying like it's a, a powerful role to be a musician. Like your job is only about spreading good vibes and like making people happy or like sharing uh, feelings. It's all about like just sharing feelings, and that's sweet. That's like your job. <laughs> Oh, like me specifically? No, just as a musician. Yeah, yeah, right. And right. you specifically, because you are a musician. Well, and you do spread those vibes. Yeah, it's, it's you've like made so many people happy, like by playing music. Isn't that awesome? It's it's fun. You know, it's fun to think about. Um, it it is it is fun, especially when people come up to me after shows and they're like drenched in sweat and they're just like, "Duh, that's awesome." It's like, "Oh, thanks." Right. Um. And yeah. It's it's a. It music is so cool because there's this wide spectrum, right? There's like Stevie. There's like earth wind and fire that'll just get you up and out of your seat dancing having a blast it's like perfect music to celebrate to but then there's like radiohead right that's like dude how sad are you and i remember covid happened like 2020 and i was like the loneliest the most stressed the most sad i've ever been in my life and finally i was sad enough to listen to radiohead okay okay computer right dude i just that album was like the soundtrack to like a month of my life and that's amazing. You you might someone might say, oh, you know, what you're just gonna make the world sadder, Radiohead. Why are you writing all these sad songs? It's like, no. There was a time in my life when I that was the only thing that I felt resonate resonance with. Yep. And yeah, when you're sad, you play sad music just to like feel more sad, but it feels good. <laughs> feels so good. It's like unclog. It's like pipes. You know, it's like unclogging pipes. It's like I've got all these sad chunks of things clogging my emotional pipes. And then when I listen to Radiohead, it just, like, cleans it out. And I'm like, oh, it felt so good to cry and feel this community with the, uh, this music. And, and now I feel better. That's great. What uh, style of music do you like to play most? Ooh. So you, you're in a few different bands. Yes. Of different genres. Yes, indeed. Um there's beauty in it all um and i would say my favorite is the most gratifying is original music um and i haven't really gotten to a place yet where i i've played sad songs for people and they've they've appreciated um they've like really like well a couple times and that's been amazing like if i play a song that's from my heart and it's like made me cry while i'm writing it and then people come up to me and say like dude thank you so much for playing that that like has helped me and that that has been a special like diamond yeah. rarity type of gem um, in my life, but then Jungle Cat is like folk bangers where like everyone's dancing, everyone's having a good time. That's a lot of fun, 
And then I played with the Wildwoods too, and that's that's great. We're like folk music, yeah, Americana folk, and um, there's something really really brilliant about like foot stomping, um, and then like these luscious harmonies that you know give you goosebumps and um so it's it's a it's a it's a tough one to answer but i'd say any anything that makes people feel anything yep so just the whole spectrum yep how about you ty well i like folk music i like my acoustic guitar yeah and um my banjo i just got a new banjo which i am thrilled about Mm -hmm. it's my first deering banjo which is like i don't know yeah i'm a real banjo player now (laughs) Uh, talk about timbre. The banjo has such a unique timbre. Like, it's so recognizable. Yes, it and, is. And, uh, yeah, so folk music, that's what I go to. But I also DJ, and mm-hmm. I freaking love it. And I love, like, mixing dance music. Mm-hmm. I, so I want to release an album called Modern Folk mm-hmm. with, like, uh, folk music. Mm-hmm. But I also want to release another album someday of like dance music mm-hmm. and then i want to like dj it and that would be so much fun to like dj my own music oh that would be the dream yep man i just need more time yeah yeah don't we all dude that's so awesome so like and you said you have a batch of songs ready to go yeah yep so how long what what is your songwriting process like um so it's almost always a motif okay um or so it's almost always a motif on like an instrument mm-hmm. and then i put a hook to it and then i build around it interesting which is kind of uh challenging at times because i sometimes it's like well i've already said what i wanted to say like do i need to keep like like what more do i need to say mm. and so it's like if i have an idea it's like do i keep like talking about that or or what's going on whoa so i have just this a whole repertoire of like choruses oh. or like hooks and stuff and i even take like like i'll have a song that has uh chords and then i'm like oh i have this new chord progression i'm just gonna take all the lyrics from this old song and use it on the new chord progression nice or i'll like cherry pick yeah and that's really kind of cool i uh yeah that's awesome yeah, you're writing your own universe. You know, you don't have to be afraid right. of copyright rules or anything. You're just like, oh, it's my all my stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, usually, I share music on the podcast. Oh. So, and it's kind of an excuse for me to like record something. So, I don't know if I'll do something to this. I might. Basically, every episode, I say I'm going to limit myself to an hour, and I just record something, whatever. Usually, it's like my songs. Oh wow. And um, yeah. Do you so have there, Do you have something for this? Um. Perhaps. Perhaps. I have a song I'm working on, but okay. I don't. It's not finished. But I still might just like record some of it. Yeah. And if you want to do, uh, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but if you want to do like, if we want to jam something, we sure can. Oh, that'd guests be, are allowed. That'd or be fun. if you have a song, like next time we do this, uh, I'll play your song. Oh, thanks. At the end of it. I do have. I do have some songs. And if you have one recorded that you want, Ooh. I'll put it. But that's a big ask. You know, I would have to check. I don't know if it's on my... I uh, Don't worry about it, because I'm probably going to publish this, like, yet tonight or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I also don't edit these, so... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, so <laughs> no worries. But, like, uh, it's just so much time to, like, edit. Dude. And then I'm like, well, it kind of, yeah, defeats some of the feels, and I don't want it to be something that's not... It's just, we're hanging out. Yeah. If it's awkward... 
uh, I'm awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Part of life. Yeah, there's something. Really Our uh, 30 listeners can deal yeah. with it. Dude, that's a lot, actually. You know, <laughs> podcasting is, it's, you know, music is short and like just in this bundled package of like, oh, I've spent like hours thinking about each second usually. And like podcasting is, is tough to get into. So I, I admire you. I tried to start a podcast once, Ty, and I was so defeated. <laughs> uh, how so? I tried to edit it. Oh, oh, yeah. And I tried to record video. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would love to do video, but. Uh, that's just, I, I, that's too much. To it was, right it was too much, man. I just didn't, I, I did one episode and I was like, ah, I'd rather be a guest. So thanks for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The podcast is called Modern Folk. It's a double entendre, modern folk people, modern folk music. Aw. So. I love that. Jack's a perfect guest. Oh, Cause he's a, he is in fact a person, <laughs> folk, <laughs> and he has good taste in music. Oh, thanks, Ty. And we're just hanging out in my backyard. We got a smoker going. Mm-hmm. And it's just filling the space with nice uh, cherry, apple, and Ooh. maple smoke. You're making me miss eating meat, Ty. There's cauliflower on there. There's cauliflower? I, oh I recommend you take a cauliflower sometime oh. when we're done or whatever. I would love to. Yeah. So uh, what else is new? You are uh, got a lot of gigs. Doing a lot of gigs. I'm a. It's it feels like a transition period in my life because I talked about physics yeah, a little bit. Yeah, good stuff is happening for you. Yeah, I'm. I'm going. I'm applying to grad school, so uh, it's been a. It's been a wild journey in the last like seven months, um, of me reaching out to my old physics professor and being like, first of all, do you remember me? Second of all, is there anything I can do to like rejoin this community, um, or is it lost forever? Have I spent too too long playing music and nothing but music and Am I just out? And he was very gracious, welcomed me back. Um, and uh, it's it's been a wild journey of like seven months of spending all day, every day, learning as much as I can about physics. So you are in class right now? Or you're Tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow is our first class. This is your last day of freedom. Yes. <laughs> I think very cool. So what, uh, what courses are you taking? Um, I'm just taking one because um, I'm not actually an official grad student yet. Okay. So I didn't want to overwhelm myself, and it's also expensive. Um, yeah. So I just it's, it's an investment to prove that I'm capable. Um, but it's uh, electricity and magnetism. Um, yes. The first graduate class, um, it's 913 at UNL. Nice. I uh, Our listeners would probably be bored, but we should talk about that at some point. Like, you should go to your class and then hit me up and let's talk about... Uh, magnetism and yeah. <laughs> electricity i i love electricity uh i was gonna do electrical engineering oh nice and i still kind of like uh am interested in uh electricity um and like power so like power generation mm-hmm. um and so i kind of tie that up with the renewable like energy and all that stuff but yeah uh electricity is very fascinating it's like the closest thing to magic that science has yeah it's like what's happening here? No one really knows. It's just, it's just, and but it's so powerful. For sure, it's amazing. Yeah, so I'm nervous as heck. Not gonna <laughs> lie, uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm way behind in theory, but I know a lot of people in uh, the class. So, we'll oh, be- nice. You know, like uh, from college. Um, like you- so in the last seven months, I've rejoined this research group. Okay, I got you. Um, 
for three months as a volunteer and then I actually got a research grant. So I was getting paid to do research and that was fun. Well, that's very nice. And then, so I met, there's like six people that I know well in this research group I'm in and four of them are taking this class. So I'm lucky because they will be my support system. I will ask them a bunch of questions. <laughs> that's great. I love learning. Right? I uh, will probably go back to get my master's at some point. Um, nice. Yeah. I can't, I'm like overwhelmed right now with just life. Yeah. In a good way. So I need to like figure some of that shit out, organize a little better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I learn every day. Like that's my curiosity is the thing that like drives me to do all this engineering stuff. And yeah. So that's why I love my job as an R and D engineer. So I'm not like tied to manufacturing. So my job is just literally research something that's never been researched and like make something new and in my case it's make pressure vessels and then blow them up <laughs> which is great yes dude that's so awesome so so you yeah you, you were telling me a little bit before but like you you program the robots that make these the vessels yes layer by layer yep in in carbon resin like carbon fiber resin yep. so like yep. car carbon fiber enforced or plastic or yeah carbon fire enforcing plastic yep yep so like incredibly strong plastic in a way that's but so it's cool. carbon fiber so it's like 40 percent uh resin and 60 percent carbon fiber wow okay by okay. weight dude that's amazing also carbon fiber doesn't burn so we have a a test where we like put it on a fire and we like burn it and it will like eventually fail but the uh carbon fiber doesn't burn it, like, doesn't actually burn. There's the resin that will burn. Oh, okay. But uh, it's just the way that it's made when it's, like, cooked in a non-oxygen environment. Mm -hmm. Something about that makes it, like, it doesn't burn easily. Whoa. Does it melt? Does it get nope, soft? Nope. Doesn't change. What? But the resin does. So, okay. like, you couldn't just make a heat shield out of it. Like, the resin would burn away. Okay. But it is kind of a sup superior material for like aerospace Cause for like those properties right so lightweight yep that's so awesome right so then you make these things and then you you have to blow them up to make sure that it won't blow up on the aircraft uh yeah yep <laughs> uh the way i i blow them up because i'm like doing something different or uh, programming or like we uh wind it a different way and then we just want to burst it at a higher pressure nice so like either less material higher pressure all that good stuff and it's been fascinating. So it's just like a totally new world for me. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Getting tossed <laughs> in the deep end. Yeah. I, uh, all my colleagues have like masters or doctorate degrees. Like my boss who lives in Germany, Whoa. uh, has a doctorate degree in mechanical yeah. engineering and like, they all know their shit. They're always right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, every day is like a lecture, like, like I'll have like conversations with my peers Well, they'll like teach me about like some chemical property or like, yeah, something. And it basically just feels like going back to college. Dude. Like we have whiteboards and I just like go and like take notes and they like, you know, teach me sweet stuff. That's sweet science. That's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. That's so cool. And, and do you ever feel like, um, stressed, that that you that like the the slope is too steep 
Like, oh, I'm I have to learn so fast. I I am worried everyone's gonna think I'm stupid. Um. Um. Yeah. 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 Certainly. Same. Uh. Yeah, I feel that in like most aspects of my life. <laughs> and like sometimes I'm not super nice to myself, or I'm like my worst critic. Yeah. Especially with like music, like. Yeah. There's been a few recording sessions where, like, especially if, if I'm recording with other people mm. and it's, like, my stuff or I'm, yeah, doing some recording and then I listen to myself and I'm, like, damn, like, I've spent so much time making music and this is, like, what I can do. Ooh. Like, I've had a few of those moments where I just, like, felt like shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you get through it and, like, I don't really mind listening to myself and uh, you learn. Mm -hmm. You get better. And I'm at a good good place now with it so nice yeah yeah that sleeps that steep slope is good though because it's like you're you're learning you know absolutely you have to be a little bit like out of your comfort zone mm. to do cool things <laughs> or to be better agreed yeah no the the musical recording phenomenon is so i remember being a kid and i thought i sounded like billy joel and i was so excited to cut my first album <laughs> i got a little usb mic that just plugged directly into the computer and i like recorded a song and like went back and i was so stoked about it i was like that was the take i sound amazing and i almost quit music after listening back to myself yep, yep. <laughs> i was like never again You're like this is what i sound like i'm doomed oh. i recorded with my buddy caleb uh -huh. i love caleb and uh he like i was recording vocals and then like we just kept doing takes and takes and then he's like all right that was really good but try to uh, sing better <laughs> and I was like yeah man I, I've been trying to do that for 28 years I know <laughs> oh no that's rough <laughs> it's all good Oh, that's why I like, I like recording alone is because I can do 20 yeah, takes yeah, yep. and uh, splice them all together or layer myself six times on top of each other yeah that's a crazy thing that's Every pop song has like layers of of the same vocalist and mm -hmm. you don't even like think it sounds like one voice but really they have you know like three pan left, three pan right and then like yeah and all these like harmonies that like you don't even really notice right away. Yeah. They're in there. Oh yeah. There's like a whole thing to just pop music recording. It's amazing. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know either, but that's a secret. Yeah, like basically every single line is but doubled at least. Yeah. And in my own ex recording experience, it makes it just sound so much fuller and like yes it does. Because you're you're you average yourself out. Like if you're flat on a note and you record that note 3 times, you might be sharp on the third time. And so like the result is like this kind of wavering you know, it's kind of it sounds like, like a chorus of your own voice. Exactly. And that's what the chorus effect is on like a pedal or in the in the digital audio workstation. It's like it takes it and it shifts it around by like milliseconds and makes it sound like, oh, there's like three people singing now. And it's like this, you know, the piano has three notes to every string. And so right. even yep. when they start going out of tune, it's this nice warbly, like warm, warm effect. Absolutely. The piano was the first instrument that you learned? Yes. Yes. I uh, remember you, Jack, in uh, high school. We went to a <laughs> summer leadership workshop. Yes. And I remember just like being blown away by like you know, you're kind of a prodigy of piano back when you were youth. <laughs> and I was like, oh. oh man, this guy is amazing. I thank you. I I completely I, I appreciate you, that. I I disagree. Yeah, I, I definitely I don't know. I I 
I was a I was a one trick. I was like practice forever on one thing and then display it in front of people. You know. Well, uh, you kick some ass at the talent show. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, NASC <laughs> launch now. Yep, yep. That was that was a glorious time where I felt really accepted by by my friends for being weird. Right. Yeah. Yep. That was like an oasis. I went back and I remember I would take some of that weirdness with me and all my high school friends were like, dude, chill out, bro. And I'd be like, oh man. Right. I just, I love. I love uh, accepting people, people who don't care about your <laughs> weirdness. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like you're an adult? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. In moments. Yeah. More and more. We're kind of of the age that we're adults. <laughs> we're adults. There's no... There, I'm a man. We're men. How did that happen? We're men, Ty. Manly men. Yeah, it's 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 weird because no and yes. And the really scary part is when you talk to really older people, people in their like 80s and stuff and 90s and they're like, "I still feel like I'm 25 and but then I you know, like then I like go to pick something up and I remember that I'm really I'm like, "Oh god." So I still feel moments where I'm like uh, I I I feel like a little kid inside. Um, yeah, I feel like a kid, and I feel like I'm always gonna be a kid. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm always gonna have that like spirit. <laughs> That's and a curiosity, which I think is a good thing. But I just I don't know if I want to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I spent a lot of time getting really sad about it. Uh, I feel like I I have this image in my head of of this council in my brain. Okay. Or in my heart or soul or wherever. Council of Jacks? The Council of Jacks. Okay. And they there's one for every year of my life. So there's one at zero, an infant. And then there's one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, all the way up to like 99-year-old Jack. And they're, every moment they're voting on decisions. And... And so 99-year-old Jack is like, hey, you know, make the long the longevity choice. You know, what's best for the future, et cetera. Um, and then infant me is like the most sensitive like like little tiny changes in pressure and vibe he's like eh, uh, starting to cry starting to laugh um but the president is me in the moment so 28 year old jack is like the one who actually makes the decisions but that's that's a helpful image for me because it's like yeah i i still feel like a kid but that's like a vote inside of me you know and and there's also the 90 i got to think about me as an old man as well um, if I'm lucky enough to get there, uh, that, that is, that has the best interest of me, it, of him in mind as well. So, but dang, that's a great question. <laughs> Oof. What, what are, what are the ways when you, f when do you feel like the, like a kid? Um, when I'm alone and like curious about things Aww, and yeah. I feel like I can entertain myself pretty easily. And, uh, yeah, just learning something new or, like, yeah, picking up a new instrument or, like, it's just fascinating. I just want to, like, play. I always just want to play and have fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I feel like I, we are a little bit different than, like, most people. And maybe that's because of, like, music background. But, like, uh, yeah, I don't feel like an adult, <laughs> even though I have a job and... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a cool thing. You know, the words are the same. Play. Yeah, play. You remember as a kid, you'd, you'd go over to your ha friend's house, be like, can you come out and play? Yeah, right? 
and 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 musicians still you know, play. Let's come. Let's play. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a magical, and I feel like it, there's there's something to be said for like the youthfulness of musicians. It's just always you're always ready to play, and I think that's a magical aspect of childhood that gets lost in a lot of people's lives. Um, they think playing is for kids, and and inherent in playing is making mistakes and pushing boundaries and like being vulnerable and so you can really get out of practice if you grow up and you forget how to play you're like okay now i'm now i'm afraid to make mistakes because i'm an adult i can't make mistakes anymore you know yep. and I, I i don't want to be vulnerable because i should have all of my stuff together um i can't let other people see that i'm struggling or whatever and and um you know safe safety i'm gonna stay in my comfort zone uh because you know i, I i'm afraid to get out of it because i'm an adult and i should have all the things figured out but the, the music is such a cool reminder. It's like, no, 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 Throw all that away. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to push boundaries. You're going you're gonna, to, you might cry. You might laugh, you know, be vulnerable. And so that's, that's a, music is like medicine in that sense. Oh, absolutely. And that's, yeah, live music is medicine. And, you know, making mistakes live is like, can be funny too. Right? right? Like, like it's, yeah, yep. It's all good. And it's, it's humbling. And like, it's, uh, there's, there's, when when you make a mistake and then everything turns out all right it kind of like reinforces your your grit you're like ah oh. like you like i feel like that's the way in which i feel like an adult sometimes is when i'm at a gig and i'm playing at a ceremony and the the bride comes up and she's super nervous she's like okay we got to you know everything's got to be at the right time and i'm like listen i've played 100 of these they literally all turn out fine it's going to be fine and they always do and it's like that's when you can collect enough evidence and it always turns out okay. That's that's a nice aspect of being a little older. Yeah. Yeah, that's with uh, experience. and Yeah, I love, uh, like what you're saying, playing music for ceremonies. I love DJing and I love, like, I know that I can do a good job and I look forward to, like, sharing that happiness and mm. vibes. And, uh, yeah, like... I used to get nervous. I still get nervous to like talk in front of people, mm -hmm. but like at wedding gigs, it's like no big deal. It's like I'm there to do one thing and that's make sure people are like having fun. And so it's like, well, I have a job to be doing. Like it doesn't, it's not reflecting on me. Like I know I'll do a good job and yeah, I, there's no need to be nervous because like I have a role and I want to do my best. And mm -hmm. You know, make other people feel comfortable. Yeah. And so, yeah, DJing has been great for me just to, like, public speaking. Ooh. It's an excuse to talk to, like, 200 people every weekend. Yeah. Dang. Last night was so much fun. I uh, DJed for my friends Hank and Katya. Shout out. Aw. Hank and Katya. <laughs> Love y'all. Uh, so I was DJing, but I was, like, half guest half dj oh that's the best role to be in uh so fun it went so fast like i just yeah i don't know where the night went <laughs> and i was just playing like music and i took like more uh liberties like more risks in my mixing and uh i mean they paid off and i feel like i could kind of do that because it was like yeah my friend's wedding yeah yeah but yeah. i just kept like yelling at the crowd I was like i'm not working tonight <laughs> <laughs> like i'll take your request but i'm not working <laughs> 
Yeah, they loved it. That's so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Wow. Is there a song above any other that you can count on to like get the people going every single time? Like, what do you say? Which, if you had one song to to play that you were counting on to get everyone on the dance floor, or to make everyone go oh yeah. as soon as it starts, like, what's that song? Oh, I mean. If we're talking weddings, it's like Mr. Brightside. <laughs> <laughs> White people love that song. I, I know, and I fit the demographic. <laughs> yeah. I feel so. I love seen. screaming it too. God. Uh, there's a lot of songs that I'm uh, kind of burnt out with. Yeah. <laughs> like the Keep It Shuffle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which like, uh, I love. I'll, I'll play whatever if it like makes people feel good. Um, but there's some of those that are just like. I know, kind of a cop out or just like a generic wedding tune. Yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. That's always, people love it. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of good classics. Yeah. We play September every single wedding in the wedding band, and I love it. Yeah. That that and Ain't No Mountain High Enough have like this Mm. infinite longevity where I just, every single time we're playing it, it's just so good. Feels so nice. Uh, tunes I'm getting tired of. Uh, sorry, I love Harry Styles, but the song "Watermelon Sugar." Oh yeah, n- never sat anywhere near close to a joy center in my brain. <laughs> and so uh, playing that on repeat kind of sucks. Yeah, sure. But Bruno Mars, everybody loves him. Yeah, and I do too. I do too. Uptown Funk. Everybody feels good. Everybody feels good. And his whole 24 Karat Magic album. Oh, yeah. I, I felt uh, complex emotions because I loved his, like, vulnerable singing songwriter. Like, uh, the Doo-Wops and Hooligans album, uh-huh. his first album, had, like, these, like, heartfelt, like, lyrics about, like, being vulnerable, missing a girl, like, being there for a friend, and, um, and uh, falling in love and everything. Really, like, a songwriter's album. And then... And then as he got more and more successful, like, <laughs> 24 Karat Magic is, like, all about just being filthy rich and just all the luxuries and parties that come with that. Right. But there's a sense of comedy in it, too. It's, like, you're, like, flaunting, and, like, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to be that rich yeah. and make fun of it. And to be able to listen to that and not, like, and to like, um, like appreciate it and be there in the moment and be like, you know, funking out with him. It was like, oh man, I part of me like wishes you weren't singing about just like, like sex, sex and just <laughs> like a hundred dollar bottles and just like uh, right dripping in finesse. But then the other part of me is like, this is the funkiest song I've heard in a long time. Right. And I'm here to love it. <laughs> Absolutely. I wonder what his writing process is like. Dude, good question. And I'm sure it's changed. Actually, I heard a uh, interview with him and Anderson Pock. Oh, yes. And dude, he started to like choke up because he was talking about like how the pressure has gotten so intense. Just writing banger after banger after banger. Yeah. There's so much ex- expectation to like so much. You got to write the next hit, right? Cuz he's just followed through every single time. And to, and so to go into another album like okay, how do I top that? How do I write another 24 karat? How do I write, uh, you know, it's like, and he, he started to get choked up and he said like hanging out with Anderson Pac, um, like kind of like washed all that aside. 
They're so funny together. They're so funny together. <laughs> and you can tell they're having fun. Like, oh yeah, there's no pressure. And that's the if a musician is having fun, it's infectious. Like people will have fun. Yep. And I've noticed that so much more uh, with my DJing. It's like that people want me to have fun. They want me to have fun so they can have fun, mm-hmm. or so I do something like a little risky with music, or like play something, yeah exciting <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's sweet <laughs> right man i i mean i'm not gonna name any names um uh but i'm in a couple i'm in many wedding bands and i've noticed something interesting i'm in one wedding band where the like literally we know note for note the entire song like okay the, the bass line the guitar riffs the licks the drum fills um the keys part i have to learn like perfect because that's the expectation and no one is having fun. Um, or at least there's no outward expression of joy. <laughs> and I've noticed that the the wedding party, the people that are there to have fun, resonate with that. And they're like, something feels off. And there's not as much dancing. There's not as much happiness. And I'm like, yeah, dude, we sound exactly like the record. But at what point is that sacrifice? Like, none of us are having fun because we're all so stressed out. Where I'm in another wedding band where fun is the operative motive and like we're there to have fun sure things might get loosey-goosey we might take liberties we might do crazy fills once in a while and like have a lot of fun um but the wedding party resonates with that and they're like having a good time they're watching us they're laughing with us and like so you're exactly right dude it's infectious and they look to you you're like the vibe curator yep you're the groove doctor the groove doctor diagnose me (laughs) <laughs> Captain of the vibes. <laughs> Arg, matey. <laughs> you driving that soul bus. Oh, yeah. Choo-choo. <laughs> well, I will say uh, your vibes are very infectious. You have a... Oh, thanks. Like, man. it's fun to watch you and that stank face. Oh, mm. thanks, man. Yeah, I can't fake yeah, it. You, you're cooking something. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to see pictures. I'll play a show, and I'm like, that was so much fun. And then I'll see pictures, and I'm like, dude, I look like I'm crying. <laughs> but I can't fake it. That's what I'll say. I'm very selective with who I play with um, because if I'm on a stage and it's something's going wrong, whether someone's stressing out hardcore or the music's not there and it's not fun, then you – I mean, it's also infectious. Like – there's some sense of me that's like a show must go on, put on a happy face, you know, make things fluid. But dude, it's not sustainable. Like, so I don't I don't play with bands that I I'm not totally in love with. Have you seen crazy shit at weddings? <laughs> oh dude, oh dude, oh god, yes. People are crazy. People are crazy. I'll tell you this story. Yeah. Um. It's uh, a little inappropriate, but uh, it's funny. Go for it. So I was yes. at a wedding uh, probably a month ago at the Omaha Design Center. And um, the bridal party had an adult sex toy that they were playing with. Whoa. A dildo of sorts. Yes. And it had a uh, suction cup on the end. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing Flippy Dick, where they would <laughs> flip it, and then if it landed just right, it'd go, plop. Yep. <laughs> on the floor and then they'd all go crazy (laughs) and they're in a circle doing this and they flipped it and it landed and 
stuck to the floor, and then one of the groomsmen came up and punted it. He kicked the dildo, no. and it went flying across the room, and it hit this lady in the back of the head. No! <laughs> and I yes. was like, I was like, oh my god, what is happening? Am I in charge of this, like, debauchery? Like, <laughs> do I, like, it's not on me to, like, babysit these adults. Uh, this is entertaining. And, like, at first the lady was, like, upset. She thought that somebody, like, threw something at her. Yeah. And then she, like, saw that it was just, like, big floppy dick. <laughs> she was, like, <laughs> she thought it was funny. Good. And I was, like, yes. Good. <laughs> nice. But <laughs> that was wild. Dude, that's amazing. Oh, that's so Were the kids around? Like, is this a family um, event? I, no, I think this was a more <laughs> adult wedding. <laughs> Dude, oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Yeah. Those are the good stories. Oh, yeah. That's, that's really nice. Yeah. I love being, seeing people be weird and, like, being comfortable doing weird things. And that's, like, a cool thing. We're talking about, like, adults. Seeing these adults act like kids and, like, know that, like, like we're kind of in charge of that. Like, we're creating this environment that they feel comfortable doing silly things. Yeah. Dancing is weird. Dancing's so weird. You just, like, shake your butt. You're, like, wobbling around. But it around. feels good. Yeah. And it feels good to make other people, like, laugh. And, like, you dance funny and then that makes people feel comfortable to dance funny. And yeah. It just feels good. It's a community thing. It's community vulnerability where it's like, all right, we're all feel a little weird doing this, but it's fun. Yep. yep. I, uh, I played a, a wedding one time in a small town. I don't even remember where, and I don't want to implicate anybody. Um, but, uh, before the show, this, this guy came up to me and he was like, Hey, uh, you know, welcome to our town. Um, have you met the mayor? And I was like, Oh no, I haven't. And he stuck, stuck his hand out. He's like, Hi, Mr. Johnson. I'm nice to meet you. You know, and I was like, oh, cool. And then I saw him go up to every member of the band and do the same stick. You know, like, have you met the mayor? Oh, nice to meet you. I'm the mayor. And so that was that was funny in itself. And then like, we started pl we played, and as the night went on, people got raunchier and raunchier and raunchier. You know, uh, and and this this gentleman, the mayor of the town, was the raunchiest of them all. At one point, he had taken off his shirt. And so, oh and, yeah, oh yeah, as mayors do. And he had his tie, and he was like doing the floss thing, where he has the tie like in between his legs, like rubbing it back and forth, like. And he was like doing a full-on striptease from the stage, and the whole time I was like, dude, w what a great mayor. Yeah, I want, I want that mayor. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I've uh, seen a. This one's a fun one to do. Yeah. You so two guys tie their ties together, yeah, and then you do limbo. Tie limbo. Tie limbo. That's fun. Yeah. I had this, a groomsman came up and he's like, hey, we're ready to do the no pants dance. What? <laughs> and I was like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do the no pants dance. And I was like, what is that? He's like, well, it's where all the groomsmen take their pants off and dance in a circle. Love it. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, play the song. <laughs> and I'm like, what? There's <laughs> a song? He's like, yeah, or something. It was like some rock I don't know. And I think he was just, I don't think there's actually a no pants dance. But we did it. I didn't announce it. <laughs> and the groomsmen took their pants off. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Like boxers, briefs, all that. But like, yeah, it was weird. There was not children around for that. 
People uh, are fun. Yeah, dude, and that's so fun to be there for the special special. It's fun playing. Like I've played. There's. It's just you know. I don't know. Yeah, the the music is it's the spectrum is so vast. Like I play funerals and weddings sometimes in the same day, and it's just like oh my god, how is how is the same type of thing which is music and piano and like how does it apply to all of these scenarios? It helps people cry and then it helps people laugh, and both are like some of the most important days of their life. Uh, Absolutely, it's just so amazing. We get to hang out with strangers on their most important day, like on one of the most important days. Yeah. And uh, make them feel good. That's powerful. It's amazing. It's such a such a privilege. Okay, another faucet of your life is your love for nature. Yes. And I want to touch on that yes. quickly. Um, do you have a favorite wild flower? Oh my gosh! Good or question. Or a favorite native Woo! plant? Um, okay, a couple right off the top of my head. Oh, and I'm gonna think about them later. Uh, okay. but an anise hyssop. Oh yes, God, uh, it's such a cool plant. It's like grows everywhere. It's very like it's a member of like the mint family, and it's just weedy, and it's native. The flower smells amazing. It's pollinator boon, um, and it's uh, tastes like licorice. Yep, it's so great. Um, and uh, that 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 comes to mind. And then another one that comes to mind is bee balm, for a lot of the same reasons. It just grows everywhere. It's uh, flower is crazy looking. Looks like a firework is mid explosion. Um, smells amazing. It's, uh, it, it's yeah. So those are those are my two favorite native flowers for sure. Ooh, nice. What about you? Uh, I like uh, black eyed Susan. Yeah. Like echinacea. Nice. Um, yarrow. I really like yarrow. Yeah, yarrow is great. It's just such an interesting looking like plant. It's like a fern. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, the milkweed, uh, butterfly milkweed, like the orange one yeah that's sweet mm-hmm. um do you know is that does it spread by rhizomes or like runners or whatever because huh? i know wild uh milkweed does yeah i don't um yeah i know they're perennials um and i have bu- i have prairie milkweed for sure is that the orange one prairie milkweed that's the, the pink like, one okay okay um swamp milkweed i think is the white Oh, is that, like really tall. Man, that's a good question. I, I I don't know. I know prairie milkweed is the pink, like bubbly gum looking one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're perennials. Like, and I I don't know if they spread a lot. I know they spread by seeds. Uh-huh. Um, but I know the same plant will come back year after year. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, get as as many like pollinators and native plants perennials uh, on my property in Superior nice. on my land, which is great for many reasons. So many reasons. I uh, noticed that you had a, a notice to uh, clean your yard. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, think you've been battling that. Oh my gosh! In, in past. That's a whole. That's a whole podcast topic. Uh, it's just funny that our society has opinions on that. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> like, who cares? Ah, uh, man. They they came. They they said they were gonna come by like the sixth of July. So I spent a very confusing Fourth of July hearing explosions around me. You know, smelling like smoke, seeing litter like wafting down the street, and I'm like cutting down flowers. I'm the one who's in trouble. Like, I'm the one who's egregiously offensive to the whole neighborhood. I'm just like, dude, what is going on? It's so strange. 
And they threaten you, you know, they're like, you've got too many flowers. We're going to we're going to come mow them down or spray, you know, poison on them. Oh, man. And I'm just like, they they can actually do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they charge (sighs) you at the end as if insult wasn't enough. They like, all right, we killed all the things you love. Here's a five hundred dollar fine. It's like, oh, geez. (laughs) But luckily, they've never done that. Yeah. um, Because I just I have to appease them. I've got no other choice. Ah, but it's yeah. Uh, my uh, schoolhouse uh-huh. uh, farm. So I actually registered it as an organic farm. So uh, you can't spray on my property. You get a notice. Like when there's uh, ag pilots that fly around, they'll call me. Like while they're going to like spray fields around them, just to let me know that like, hey, we're gonna be careful and like not hit your property, and like we're spraying today. Oh, which is sweet. Nice. Yeah. And I have had some, like, dicambia mm-hmm. hit on some of my, like, tomatoes and stuff. Uh, it'll, like, drift, and then it'll basically, like, kill those plants where they'll, like, curl their leaves. And it's, like, chemical, just, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Dude, it's so weird. And it, I, I'm pretty sure dicambia, isn't that, like, um, uh... It's an herbicide? Yeah, it's an herbicide. Isn't that, but isn't it, like literally agent orange yeah uh-huh like dude we sp- we we sprayed that as like an act of war yep. yep and then it's like all right but like let's just continue to spray it on our home turf like it's like been proven to like like be cancerous and like terrible for everything and it's like but no. it's really good at killing broadleafs oh god there's got to be another way ty right oh yeah there's got to be another way uh, uh organic farming will like have to be what it uh, I feel like our current agriculture isn't like sustainable. Not sustainable. And um, I feel like we're gonna have robots that tend to our crops, and Dude. so there'll be robots that weed instead of using chemical. That would be sweet. Holy crap! If I had more time, I would work on that. Yeah. <laughs> Try to develop that. Yeah, I think I have an interesting perspective because I grew up in ag. My family's mm-hmm. we're all farmers. Uh, I grew up in a farming community. And, uh, but I also have this love for nature and like, mm-hmm. you know, protecting the world. Yeah. So, yeah. That is an interesting perspective. Cause uh-huh. like uh, one of the main uh, pushbacks I hear when I talk about like organic farming and like, uh, you know, things protecting the earth and, and you know, is, is pushback from farmers. Cause they're like, this is a directly against my way of life. So what is your right. perspective on that? Right. Well, it's kind of weird. Farmers like their love is nature like and being outside and they want to protect the land as much as they can because that's their livelihood right um but it's also tradition and like we do things that are effective Mm -hmm. and chemicals are effective Mm -hmm. and like monoculture is very effective and you we can we know what we're doing um yeah yeah it's also a big scale problem like to feed uh, yeah. So many people, and like, uh, we tend to do the easiest thing. <laughs> yeah, we need food. Yeah, it's very sturdy too. It's like famine-proof, pretty much. You know, it's like right. Yeah, right. So, what was your question with the farmers? Oh, just like you know, like balancing, um, and it's you particularly because of your life story, like balancing your love of nature with like your understanding that like farmers, that's their like way of life, and like they're making a living. Right. Yeah, I definitely share compassion for farmers yeah. like it's i want to make like friends with all different types of people and 
not like tell people to do things. Right. And I think that's kind of like the disconnect. A lot of farmers don't like trust politicians or people in like cities and who like run things and they want to just be in control of everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My last job, I was a, a mechanical engineer at Ranky Manufacturing, which makes irrigation pivots. Okay. And um, that was kind of an interesting, I had like some turmoil of like my job because like I was creating big robots that just water a shit ton of water, like uh, even deplete aquifers Whoa. for agriculture, which is making food for people. And I love people. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's kind of weird. Like things that I worked on uh, in a way have scarred the earth. Like you can mm. see my pivots from space or like the pivots that I worked on from space. Like they're, we make these rings on the surface of the earth Whoa. and I'm like scarring the earth in a way. Also making food and it looks cool. Um, I'll show you like after this podcast, um, there's like a farm in Egypt that we sold a whole bunch of pivots to and you can see it from space Whoa. on like Google maps. Dude. And wow. it's like crazy. It's a, uh, they use a uh, fossil water. So it's not a uh, replen- uh, replenishing aquifer. So they tap into this water and they have like 30 years of watering on it. So it's like kind of sad, but also they're growing food in the middle of the desert where they can't. Right. Where they were like traditionally they couldn't, but now we have technology that we can do that. Whoa. But it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's weird. That's, yeah, that's such a tough balance because, yeah, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you love people. So it's like, yeah, if you're feeding people, you know, great. Um, and that's, like, the dark underside of some of these, like, ecological arguments is I meet people that I vibe with 100%, and then their thesis, their, like, conclusion is, like, so less people. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, uh, but it's 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 just a tough, tough line to walk. Because, right. you know, like, the there's been ecological revolutions where it's like, oh, organic farming, like, um, you know, bring the bring the farms to the people that have like ended up accidentally killing a lot of people because because famines and and you know and, and like a Ill, like illogical and untimely transition of food source can like be terrible. And so there's something to be said for like the industry side of things where it's like yeah, yeah. dude, we could this is like foolproof. Like, you know, there's where we've really like stabilized our food source, but stabilized in the short term putting it at risk at the long term I think is where it gets tricky right I just want to live on a farm and grow all my own food yeah yup okay Jack we're kind of wrapping it up here I want to hear just in general a short uh, explanation of your vision and what you why you do the things that you do and uh, it can either be with physics or music maybe both my vision so what's your what is the essence of jack whoa dude um uh wow uh like i want to i want to you know have a strong imagination which is like based in curiosity um and uh vivaciousness i want to feel alive um what makes you feel alive Oh. 
love from people, feeling love, causing love to happen, feeling love. Um, can I? Okay, I've got pretty much all my thoughts summed up in in a in a song of mine. Can I just recite the song? Absolutely. Okay. This can count as your song. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, and I'm actually gonna pull out the lyrics here because I always forget them, and then I feel like a dummy. Um, Beautiful. But it's the song is called Laughter After Light Bulbs, and the point is like, I I want to, I just don't want to like I I just want to get the most out of this life, you know. And I want to learn all the things to learn. I want to make all the mistakes that I'm gonna make, and make myself vulnerable, and like, um, you know, not fall into the trap. I remember when old people used to say to me like, "Oh, it all flies by. This is these are the best years of your life. One day you'll wake up and you're 85." <laughs> That used to scare me. I was like, oh, my God. Whatever that, I don't want to get into a routine where my life flies by and I've had no fun. Um, so laughter after light bulbs is, I like, some, you meet old people and they've got this sparkle in their eye and there's, like, joy in their laugh. Um, and it was playing on that thing we I talked about earlier, like, aha is close to ha-ha. And that, you know, LOL stands for lots of laughter or laugh out loud. L-A-L stands for laughter after light bulbs, which is like you've had an aha moment and you can't help but laugh because it's magical. So rather than letting new ideas scare me, I really want to just embrace every new idea that comes my way and have a lot of laughter after light bulbs. So, um, okay, I'm going to try it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Rodenberg, original lyrics. I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little like chest. Yes. can't sit down without squishing the yants and I can't eat meat without pooping my pants and I couldn't play in the pocket till I danced and I couldn't really love until I said it goodbye and I never knew the truth until I fell for a lie and have I ever even truly lived until I've died laughter after light bulbs are the star light in our eyes uh, can't lose a game if you don't keep score And you can't kill one without expecting a war And I'm pretty sure that stubborn is just another word For sure And the foot is only lucky if it's left on the bunny Kind of like a tree loses worth if it's turned into money And how you'll never even dance in the rain If it's always freaking sunny Well laughter after light bulbs Are the star light in our eyes I think it's pretty freaking cool. What about you guys? We're made of star poopy parts and we're part of the skies. Oh, mys, our minds are pliable. What comes before why? I've got a reason to be here. I've got a reason to be here. And I can't write a law without building the jail. And you can't get out without paying the bail. And a cow can't swap the flies without a tail. And what does it mean to pass if no one fails? And I didn't need water till I felt the thirst. And I didn't need saving till I thought I was cursed. And I can't even get myself off without the universe big banging me first. Well, laughter after light bulbs are the star light in our eyes and I can't write a book without killing a tree and I can't pick a flower without starving a bee and what I do to you I do to me well laugh laugh 
And I can't build a church without tearing one down. And you can't say king without cursing the crown. And you can't revere the silence without a sound. Jack, what a <laughs> great way to end the podcast. Thank you so much for coming uh, on today. I love you, buddy. Let's do more of this. Yes. Let's sp- spread those vibes, man. Absolutely. You're doing great, great work. Ty, you're the best. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks, man. Awesome. Woo. Cheers, folks. Bye. <laughs> We didn't use that the entire time. (laughs) Counts. Thank you, folks.